welcome to episode 98, part two of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I'm your host, Sean. What was it chuckling for? <laughs> it's just the way, like, you know who we are, and, <laughs> and John, and, and Erica. Like, you look at him like that wicked. <laughs> like, you know who we are. <laughs> we walked into a room, you'd be like, hey, isn't that Sean, Erica, and Ed? That's right. Geeksters is here. You know shit's going to go down. <laughs> Expect a lot of laughs, a lot of fondling. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe see some dope moves on the dance floor. What? what? <laughs> you know, basically, be standing in the corner, of me drinking a beer, going, "What do you want?" <laughs> I don't like people, <laughs> but I love gatherings. Isn't that ironic? So here in part two, um, we dedicate pretty much the whole show to life, the universe, and everything with Erica this, this yeah, round. Yeah, um, she brought up a, a topic of fan fiction. Yes. Um, like how it kind of plays a role in, you know, fandom. Yeah. You know, like where we kind of, not really the origins, but kind of how people handle it and how, like, the ideas behind it. Mm -hmm. And it really, I think, kind of, we talk about, obviously, the big one, you know, like, kind of everyone knows is a fan fiction based on something else. I'm not going to give you details because you're going to have to listen. Oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm going to tease it, tease it, tease it. It's me teasing. <laughs> um, then we talk about you know um, our own fan fictions, like yeah. you know if you know if we were creating something or not create something. I think Erica was trying to ask me that if she came up with an idea for us to do something on stage, would I be the kind of person that would like go up on stage to mm. do something? I don't know, but she was. I don't know if she was taking about you specifically. Mm. I kind of got the feel she was kind of. Uh, like she was going to hit me up later like her friends are doing something and yeah. they need somebody would you mind doing it yeah I had I could be completely wrong could just be my ego going <laughs> you should, yeah, go on stage yeah people want to see me live on stage going wooga wooga woo woo <laughs> <laughs> you know it'll have me dressed like a tree I am a tree look at my leaves how they bloom in the sun and in the fall, my leaves have fallen to symbolize the act of dying. And in winter, I curl up and die. <laughs> Only to be reborn in the spring, where I stretch my branches open. And by summertime, I am in full bloom with my green leaves, providing oxygen to the world. <laughs> And scene. <laughs> Bravo. You were the best in your row. <laughs> That's what I always got as a kid. You know, like, where you got in choir or something like yeah. that? You were the best in your row. I heard you all the whole time. <laughs> like, I was lip singing most of the time. No one. I never. And did you ever do that in choir? Did, were you ever in choir? Yes. Okay. Did you sing or did you just go through the motions of singing? I try to sing. I'm a horrible singer, by the way. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, you can actually pick me out in any choir because if I sing. <laughs> because all dolls go, what the <laughs> fuck was that? Yeah. So after a while, like, they're, you know, the, the, you know, the conductor of the choir, he would, let's just tone you down a little yeah, bit. Just, just, you know what, can you take it down the head? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, but here's my question, though. If you sucked as a singer in choir, why were you in choir? Because it was a, it was a, it, it, it wasn't. I was told to. I was told to basically. <laughs> yeah, it was like one of those type of things where you, it was a whole class. It wasn't like only select members or whatever. Uh, it wasn't like I auditioned for it and got in for it. That uh, that type okay. of thing, you know, because we would play and you. I actually tried out for it. Did you? 
Yeah, that's what made me surprised I actually got it. I don't know why. I don't know what possessed me to try out for it. Like, I wasn't, like, encouraged by my family, because mm-hmm. I don't know why. I mean, I don't think it was... I never had... I think part of it was because I was in a lot of school plays. Right. So I think that it maybe was, like, a natural... Progression. Or, like, people going, well, if you could sing and you can act, you can go drama class. Yeah. You know, because so you could be in... I mean, but it was we're talking elementary school. Right. So, I mean, like, the stretch of my acting abilities was Rumpelstiltskin, you know, <laughs> and George Washington. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're doing those, like, here's the history of the America yeah. with George Washington... Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. I am George Washington. I am the founder of America. And one day I hopped on a boat and crossed the Delaware River. You know, like, kind of, like, <laughs> on Christmas Day. And there I am in like a powdered wig and, you know, like the whole outfit. And, yeah. Yeah, golly gee. <coughs> well, for me, it was like the music bug because I was studying music at the time and, you know, starting off. So you figured, oh, you got to kind of do these type of things and I was like yeah well I'll, I'll be in the choir just to be in it but then of course after a while they were like tone down I'd be like then I'd lip sync because you're like you know yeah, well, go just, you, you know what you're kind of up here and the rest of the class is kind of down here yeah. so we need you to get down just yeah, below, below them, them right. to you know because make everybody shine yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like they didn't want you to go Look at you, suck. suck. Get out. <laughs> we can't throw you out. So just yeah, we'd be you know we we'd feel horrible if we kicked a kid out of choir. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I tried it out. I mean, like I said, I, I don't. No reason. Like no one ever encouraged me. Like I said, I'm so it was like, I honestly don't know why I, I volunteered to go <laughs> choir practice. I don't think I, I swear I don't. I don't ever. My memory of it. Is the tryout? Yeah, is standing in front of my music teacher, and they're playing keys on the piano, uh-huh. and I had to sing those keys. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. You know, I, mean, I was also trying to be. Um, I was playing, trying to play the clarinet too. So I was going to go through the music class. I can't see who's a clarinet player. I wanted to play drums. Okay, I wanted to that, be a drummer. That I could see. I wanted to be a drummer, and because I lived in a row home. <laughs> And my parents are just like, no drums. Because <laughs> I don't want to hear that B. You got to practice. Oh, yeah. Now, back then, no one knew. Like, I'm not saying my parents stifled any kind of creativity, pro- creative process that I kind of wanted yeah. to do. But I don't think they knew about I don't even know if they were around. There was, there was drum pads. Yeah, no, no, they were always around, yeah. Uh, okay, that you could put on an actual drum sets, but like... Well, that, but then also, like, the the first starting of that, like, a lot of drummers would get, and they would, they would quit. Was the fact that they used to give you a block of wood with a pad on it? I saw that. We called. Ever see the movie Power with Richard Gere? Yeah, he had one of those things because he would do the swing, swing, swing. Yeah, on it. As it was like, I remember that scene him like being jetted off, and he was using that to kind of practice. Yeah, and that's and that was like the, your practice pad. You would just constantly use that, and you wouldn't actually like drummers wouldn't drum for like a year. You know, because it's also like a dedication. Because it's some like playing a drum set, you I mean you have to have four appendages moving at the same time doing different things right so you had to learn so your hands were the first thing you had to learn right. to, to, to to manipulate so a lot of people would quit because they would they couldn't do the do that or, or they would be so tired because they they want to get on the drum set they just want to bang right. away and make all this noise yeah, not mean, realizing there's a lot of like yeah so my parents my parents compromised and went oh you know what well we're not gonna let you play drums because it's too loud and so here's a clarinet. It just reminds me. Just reminds me of my favorite joke, though. What, what do you call a guy who hangs around with a band? Drummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was so like, I was like, but I don't want to learn a clarinet. And I tried. I mean, 
I tried. I mean, I did put my heart into it, mm. kind of, when I was there. I practiced outside it. Like, my sister took violin, and she practiced, and she was in, you know, the, the band. She was in the orchestra, mm. and, you know, like, first violin, that kind of stuff. Mm. I'm sitting there going, I was, I was that scene in Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Never had one lesson. <laughs> You know, that was me, you know? Yeah. And, and I was just like, you know, I, I can't, I, I'm just, it just wasn't me. I wasn't, I wasn't dedicating my time because it was an instrument I really didn't want to play. All right. Like the whole read and learn how to like, you know, hold my lips and. Yeah. It's like, fuck. Just go outside and play. <laughs> Can you not get me drums? Like, what, give me the thing. I don't even know right appendages I'm using. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I'm using my hand, my fingertips to go to the push the buttons and yeah. stuff down. But I want to bang away. I'm, I'm, I love Animal from the Muppets. Why would you give me something comp- the f- complete opposite end? Yeah, you know. So, like, you just say, my music career was short lived at best. <laughs> but I remember standing there and singing, and then they're like, "Okay, well, you're in." I'm like, "What? <laughs> okay." And then I remember <laughs> doing the whole like you know wearing the white shirt and the black pants, pants and yeah. the tie and. Staying there, like la la, you know, whatever song that they yeah. were doing, and yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how that got fan, you know, because of the whole Erica bringing the fan fiction thing in, yeah, about artists and and you know stories, and we learned a story about Ed and his ideas, yeah, you know, and so yeah, listen to that and uh, enjoy it, and we'll be back with you at the end. Hi, everybody. You're listening to Geeksters Live on AquanetRadio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio and iTunes Radio. Just search for Aquanet Radio on those apps. So, everybody, welcome back to the show. And it is time now for... What? What? No, good. We were going to say, let's what? Yep. You sure? Plenty of time. I got at least two seconds. I'm going to adjust the mic, but go ahead. We'll find out when she talks about it. Yeah, okay. It's time for life, universe, and everything. With Erica! I wonder how it did last week with this thing called life, <laughs> universe, and everything. Because it requires a little bit of timing for life, universe, and everything. How did you do last week? Or did you hit the cues? Or did it just suck? <laughs> I think I hit the cues pretty well, but it was the God, I gotta do it again. Yeah. <laughs> I got my time. Dude. It's like another time around. It's a minute and 39 <laughs> clip. You gotta be felt, med- like, felt like 45 minutes. You gotta be mentally prepared for it. 
as I'm talking, I'm hearing the tune in my head going, Q, 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 Q. All right, how do I sound? Do I sound better? Yeah, actually, you do. Yeah. Okay, good. You can kind of turn her up a little bit, though. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's her moving around or. She's up to max. Really? Yeah. Okay. Turn it to 11. There you go. All yeah. right. Okay. So this week. <laughs> I got to turn it down, actually. <laughs> there you go. Now it's 10 and a half. Good. <laughs> 10 and three quarters. That's 10 and the, seven eighths. That's the difference between ooh and ah, folks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is a, an article that was sent to me. Um, and it is the social significance of fan fiction. So what? What's it again? Social, social significance, significance of, of fan, fan fiction. fiction. Go ahead. Okay, now well, let's pause for a second. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is? No. Okay, it's basically like you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Okay, you have you exercise your creative writing by writing fan fiction based upon characters from Star Wars. Okay. It could be completely. It's it's obviously not a published work. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. Well, one of the most famous pieces of fan fiction now is um, Fifty Shades of Grey. That started as Twilight fan fiction. Okay. Right. You know, um, Absolutely bizarre to me, but whatever. Well, it's the whole, you know, bad relationship. I, a, a lot. You know what? You get a lot. The big joke is a lot of fan fiction usually stars, like, true blood fan fiction mm. usually has, like, Eric fucking Bill Compton. Like it's or, or I like, would be okay with that. Well, that's what I'm saying. That people like would exercise their like um, for Doctor Who's where the Doctor actually sleeps with Amy Pond or, or like like there's an actual kind of like so it's erotic fanfic. Sometimes it, it, can, it be. can be, but sometimes yeah. it could just be like you know what I would like to you know I would like to create a story that might gain a little bit of popularity only by using these characters. They're very rarely, very rarely are they like huge. Um. I would say they're not really on the social consciousness the way Fifty Shades of Grey's been, because Fifty Shades of Grey I think hit like you know like that that moment it it struck while the iron was hot. Mm. Like I have you seen the trailer for the movie yet? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I feel very strongly opposed to that movie. I, I, I got to be honest. I've seen the trailer. I've seen yeah. it a couple times. You know, bad casting. I mean, I don't like. I don't find her like. I understand that she's not supposed to be. I don't very, even know who's casting. It's well, I can tell you the first. It was supposed to be the guy who's Christian Grey was the guy from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. They dropped a lot of like. There was a lot of. Uh, I think, well, he was supposed to be, but then I, I think what happened was I think he read the script and went, "Oh my god, this is crap." And I'm, I, you know what, my schedule on Sons of Anarchy all of a sudden. Uh, I, I, I it got a little tighter. I, I got a little tighter. I can't. Sorry, I can't do this movie. The guy, now, the, now, now the guy they got to play Christian Gray. It's a uh, Jamie Dornan. Right, his hair is not gray. Well, he, it wasn't gray in the. It book, was gray. It? Yeah. It was, oh, it was. Yeah, it was gray. Uh, in the I, I read through the first seven chapters and I was like, "That's I can't." Like, uh, see, if, I can't do it anymore. See, see if you can Google. Uh, you know what? I'll do that. Considering the fact okay. that I busted in on your, you know, what your your article is. So, but to Sean's point, fan fiction is it's exactly that. It's fiction that's written by fans. So what they do is they'll take an established fandom and they they apply their own creativity to it. Mm-hmm. And fan fiction gets knocked a lot because a, I I can't even really necessarily put percentages to like what's good and what's bad, but mm-hmm. you have in my experience anyway, cuz I do like reading fan fiction. 
you have to filter through a lot of very poorly written Okay, I'm sorry. Stories. Dark, dark copper colored hair and intense bright gray eyes. Okay, that's oh. that, that's where that threw me off because the guy in the, in the trailer they didn't look like they didn't they looks didn't look like they touched any kind of description. They, they they didn't win with the gray eyes. Oh. It looks like he's kind of which that would be really easy. All you need is color contacts or just fuck. Digi- I was or, I was looking online for color or contacts just today. Digitally manipulate it now, well, so yeah. you don't have to worry about the irritation of an actor's eyes. This is, well, you know what's funny is just. Getting back yeah. to Guardians of the Galaxy real quick. Since I stayed through the credits, I was watching the credits because I wanted to see if they listed the distributor of the contacts. Oh. Because, you know, like Nebula has the Sclera right. um, contacts, yeah. who uh, uh, Thanos and uh, Ronan, they all had, you know, those very deeply colored eyes that covered up the whites of their eyes, too. Right, they... It was really well done. And, and I got, I was able to get the name of the company that okay. did it, but then they also, they did it the correct way where they had like an optician come in and fit the, right. the lenses and everything. So, um, but yeah, I mean, anyway, so the fan fiction, in my experience, you have to filter through a lot of crap, mm. you know, to get to anything. Anything that, in my opinion, would be really worth reading and seems well thought out. Like, a lot of fan fiction is just, like, the biggest one for me, I look up Labyrinth. And so, you know, I want to find fan fiction where Sarah and Jareth are hooking up. That's what I want to say. Because through the whole movie, I'm sitting there going, he is offering you a kingdom! And you're turning him down! What the hell? If that was me at the end, I'd be he'd be like, I'm offering you the world and I'd be like, All right, let's do this. But that's me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but I you know, I like seeing I like reading that kind of fan fiction. So like but then I wanna read well thought out, like there's no plot holes that you could drive a truck through. Uh, and I, have like, to, I, I have to stop you right here for a minute yeah. there about the whole labyrinth thing. I have to go with, I'm sorry. Yeah, oh boy. <laughs> there's two things I find a problem with this. Cause what is your sister would have to go away. Cause it's, you know, the, the, you had to get rid of the child in the, to the whole movie. Right. It was basically that. Well, it was her brother. Her brother. Yeah. Right. But it's her sister. Cause it's Erica. <laughs> well, right. I mean, well, I mean she, well, she, well, you know, I tried she, to get rid of my sister yeah, too well, when I was a kid. Say, <laughs> if, if, David Bowie came and said, I'll give you this kingdom. All you got to do is let me kill your sibling. Yeah. She's all for it. Sorry, Lex. <laughs> my thing okay, is, I'm just she, my sister would understand What that. was your second point? Because I got a bigger one if it's not the same one. <laughs> just, you, know, you, know, you know that she was under age. Exactly. <laughs> I know this. She was like 14. Yeah. 16. 16. 16. Oh, okay, okay, of, course. No. of course. Well, it depends on what state they're in. <laughs> I... <laughs> I know and, this. And maybe he was only like five years older. No, I think five. he was like, he was in, in his thirties. And they were in Texas because, you know, he had the whole, he probably had the whole car, car the thing, Transformers, yeah. you know? He was, I think he was like 35. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the whole point is, is that here's a guy who's a goblin king. I don't I'm going to say he's probably been around for more than 35 <laughs> years. Just I'm because say, he looks like he's 35. I'm going to say he probably is an ancient being. It's kind of like Dracula. Or, or let me put it this way. It's like the guy from Twilight hooking up with Bella and he Edward like Edward who's 150 years old trying to bang an 18 year old. Hey, at least she's legal. I think she was legal. No, no, she wasn't legal till the end of the movie. Oh, okay. So she was like I don't know, I'm usually drunk when I like watch it. She was like 16 or 17. So again, Hey, he waited. 150 years. 
underage. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I don't think the Goblin King is going to wait when he purred through his whole elaborate route hey, to get the... He, he can manipulate time, so... You sure. know, he's just going to forward that clock two years. Maybe could have manipulated time until she was maybe a little older. Maybe <laughs> until she looked like she did in career opportunities. <laughs> then, then I would completely understand the obsession. Okay. Because, because again, I'm going, oh, Labyrinth, cute movie. Oh, okay. Little, I never thought about the whole pedophile kind oh, of dude. aspect to it. Pedophilia. The pedophilia, yeah. the BDSM, like that whole, that whole like uh ballroom scene she she found her part in the microphone where yeah i know because now it's like boom 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 you know and then (laughs) then the other thing too is is like but then you know flash forward in her next movies like career opportunities or i'm like oh okay now i apparently he saw into the future because (laughs) holy god (laughs) he's the goblin king i'm in yeah like i I mean i do completely understand you were you were you were you were just taking her off the market before she got on the market. <laughs> I, when I was a kid, that I was loved. Good, it was called good scouting. I, but you know what? Labyrinth was probably one of the first movies that I could think of that when I watched as a kid, I appreciated as a kid. I appreciated the Muppets, the dancing, the music, right. the whole nine. When I got older, I saw everything else right it was like that one joke in guardians of the galaxy yes. that you know the three adults who were paying attention in the yeah. movie theater laughed to yeah you'll know I, it when you hear it I, so so but now... anyway so getting back to fan fiction and this specific specific article talks about the fact that number one a lot of people give fan fiction writers and readers a lot of shit um, in, in the fandom world. No, no, I, I, can, because, under, I can understand that. You know, because, like I said, a lot of it's not very well written. Uh-huh. Like, it was probably written from the point of view of the person who, like, what they wanted to see happen I would say in the story. I would probably kind of categorize it as most people who write fan fiction aren't really trained writers. Mm-hmm. They're trying to, they're exercising some sort of a creative bug that they might have and a lot of times i hate to say it it does tend to lead more towards the erotica than an actual like storyline like Mm -hmm. let's face it i mean to use we're gonna we're gonna be using 50 shades of gray because that's probably the one that most everybody knows i'm reading the second book now okay and i'm begrudgingly reading it and i know my girlfriend you know she's like you should really read it because i liked it and again i said i'd read it because it gets me to know her a little better Mm -hmm. you know at least Mm -hmm. some some common ground but as a reader, like a person who reads, like, reads constantly, like mm. Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, mm-hmm. any of the Dungeons and Dragons books, reading this makes me just feel like this person's not even trying. Like, <laughs> yeah. like a lot of phrases mm. are repeated. A lot of words are repeated. It's just like. And that's that's the reason I. I, I yeah, there's. Just, it was that. And it was also the, the fact that a lot of the. Um, the kink and the BDSM, the way it was approached is very in, in the reality of BDSM is very inappropriate and inaccurate. Yeah. And the fact that look at me, the fact that people were using this almost as a Bible, that's what I had an issue with. And I'm like, I get that it's fan fiction, right? But now it's been elevated to this level of you should take this and apply it to your sex life. No, right? No, it's so wildly inappropriate. I I, got to agree. I mean, I'm not one who who practices it, but I can see where the naive 
and the you know like the inexperience would take this and kind of go oh if this is all it is mm-hmm. we should try it now i'm all for experimentation but if you want to try to live a lifestyle like that this is so not the way of no. doing it no like there is way more i mean you know that lifestyle you can kind of tailor made to how you want to live it mm-hmm. but you shouldn't use that that trilogy as any kind of basis yeah. for that kind of there's much lifestyle. better books that are out there that are factually written by people who are, you know, because this who woman, have doctors. Because this doctors woman doesn't live the lifestyle. No, the writer. she doesn't. And here's the thing, you know, th- this is why I have such a big issue with Fifty Shades of Grey. Number one, it's the writing. I can't get past the writing. It's just so poor. Uh, my understanding is the second and the third books are better than the first. Not really. But I can't I can't get past that, that poor writing. Uh, and the fact that they didn't. They didn't really seem to clean it up before it went to press. Like they, they should have, in my opinion, <laughs> well, at least gotten a, like a professional writer. See, in. but I think what it was, I honestly, I think it was that it probably made the rounds in the fan fiction world of how great this is, and then somebody smart enough went, you know what? We probably can sell this out to an opener market. Let's put it on pay. Let's put it on. Let's put it like a hard copy. And sell it in stores, and we'll make a mint because every person who's read the synopsis or may have started reading it online mm-hmm. can now actually have it. So they probably didn't do a lot of like, spell check. I'm not gonna say spell checking, but I'm gonna say but like grammar checking, grammar and, checking, and or like just that. the the constant repetition of certain phrases yeah. and certain like like actions. It's like I can only take the phrase "inner goddess" so many fucking yeah. times before I wanted to. Like, if I ever saw this woman in person, I would just go, really? That's inner guys was the stretch of your fucking imagination? I, I mean... Like, it, it was just like, come on! But even if I could get past the poor writing, the my biggest issue, at least with the part that I read, is the fact that... So he makes her sign this contract. You know, about... Well, he, like, it's, it's the contract's on the table. Because I, I, since having okay. read the first novel... Mm-hmm. You've read up to the up, contract. Yeah. So like and, and she didn't sign it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Right. So, she didn't but sign this... it. There's like he's like, This is all open. We can talk. Like it became kind of more like a business exchange. Like yeah. what in this what on this in this contract don't mm-hmm. you like? What's a hard limit? What's a soft limit? Yeah. And then Which that that is good that they Right. Like if if we're applying this to reality, it's good that they are you know, can do that so that way he's not just saying you will bend to my whims or but, you can get see, but that's, but that's how it was. That's how all his other subs were. Mm-hmm. They sign it. He does what he wants mm-hmm. after a certain amount of time. I'm done with which you. Which I have an issue with up. because you need to discuss limits before you get into this kind of relationship. Well, I, well, but that's Period. part of the contract. This is yeah. what you're signing. This is what the relationship's going to be. It's not yeah. like, it's not like a cu- over a cup of tea or dinner. This is what I'm interested in. This, yeah. He's like, it's a business. He's like, yeah, this is what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Now there's a reason for that mm-hmm. because of his, his background. Now I'm like, eh. But my my issue is like, as it from from people I know who have read it, who right. are in that lifestyle, there gets to a point where you know they start throwing out around the love word, and then it's like, well, we don't really need this contract. It's like, you want, there you, never was a contract, at least not in part two that mm-hmm. I have. I have like I'm reading book two. I'm in chapter nine. <laughs> yes, I haven't been getting it, but I'm begrudging. How many chapters is it? I don't know because I bought it on. I bought it for my Nook as okay. the trilogy, oh, yeah, okay. so it's like 1,200 pages, and I'm probably like a th- like I wouldn't say I'm a third through that. I, I'm you know maybe a little bit more than a third, I guess. Mm. But it, it there's no like I haven't gotten to a point where they signed any contract, you know because it because at the end of the first book, spoiler, she leaves him. 
she says, I had enough of this yeah. because, because she says, okay, you know what? Give me your worst. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. He gives it to her kind of bad. And she fucking flips out and goes, you know what? I don't want anything to do with you. I'm done. You're a fucking freak. And then leaves. Book takes place a week later and they're back together. You know, and, <laughs> and he's kind of like, I'm sorry. You know, like I didn't like he it, it kind of. This is what I can kind of tell how the book is going. And I, it's from the poor writing aspect. Mm-hmm. It's going to be about a story about a guy who's really fucked up and that through love, the woman changes him. <laughs> Which, That's, okay, you know, I mean, that is a running or, and theme. She, and she learns a little bit about herself along the way. Yeah. Like they find some sort of common ground because he's never been in love because it's always been business transactions. And he admits to her that he loves her. Well, actually, he doesn't say the words. She says it to him like, you love me. And he says, yes. And I think that's about as far as you're going to get from him actually showing any kind of real emotion because he's too fucked up in the head. Which, and and I, I, mean, that's, I get that's, it. That's like a running theme in fan, especially in the fan fiction that I right. read. Because I, like I said, I read Labyrinth. I read a lot of Phantom of the Opera too. And, you know, it's all that sort of, you know, <laughs> woman comes in, there's this fucked up, you know, Byronian character, or Byronic, sorry, you know, character right. that... You know, he needs to be saved from himself. And the only thing that can save him from himself is love and blah, blah, blah. Right. But, you know, so that, like that cash is. cash wouldn't a... help. Wouldn't hurt. <laughs> like, you know what? Maybe I'm just cash in a financial bind. always helps. I'm just in a financial bind. Pay my bills and I'll be your bitch. You know, like one of those things. Like, you know. Pay my bills and humiliate me with a banana. I, I mean. I'm... I'd be okay with that. As long as my bills are getting paid. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. I mean, it really, like. I... So what does the article say? Like, is there kind of like, like I'm getting kind of lost off the subject okay, of, the, so, of the thing. So it does, it does get into all those points about, you know, fan fiction. You know, a lot of it's poorly written. A lot of it has, you know, huge plot holes. And the fact that the majority of it is written by somebody who just wants to see a specific scenario play out. Right. And most of the time it's sexual and, and oriented. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now... And and they're they're saying that a lot of people, you know, the writers and the readers catch flack from people because of it. So now they're getting down to the point where, okay, yeah, there's all these problems. What what are you talking about? I'm trying to you gotta move it closer to her actually. Yeah, because nah. every time you move you disappear. Is that better? Yes. There you all go. All right. Yes. There's something wrong with this mic this week. I think because they're I professional mics and you have to be on top of it because I can I hear myself go every once in a while. Like that's why when I but it's back. not it's usually I don't know anyway, it's usually so a little more like, sensitive right on you're right on cue now. Oh, I mean like if you ever look at a singer they're right up front. Yeah. So I mean that's why I'm like those are kind of <laughs> better. Actually no. <laughs> Damn it. Just keep going. Anyway, so <laughs> but the the person who wrote this um it's it's an opinion piece uh this woman of course it is caitlin george <laughs> the person who who read who wrote it is saying that okay yeah it's a lot of it's poorly written blah 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 but it does have an impact there is an impact from fan fiction and she starts talking about fan art in general where people are taking these concepts they're applying their own <laughs> sort of ideas and it's does she give examples besides 50 shades of gray um, no, actually, well, she gave Fifty Shades of Grey 
as a but no she doesn't she doesn't give well, the, um, the number one i think of i've seen about a fan fiction especially erotic fan fiction is a uh, kirk and spock in star trek well, the yeah. series yeah and it started out with just stories and then uh like the later years i went to conventions and you started seeing artwork mm-hmm. you know like paintings right. and, and drawings yeah. and stuff like that and then finally like like there's um uh, during the conventions, they have like uh, fan films that people have made, mm-hmm. you know, like right. those free ones. And there's a couple of them are like that, like where mm-hmm. it's just like they have like a loving relationship and it's just. Right. It's all snuggles and cuddles between and it, the Vulcan and the human. That's right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like one thing can spark. She's saying that it it sort of creates a community of fans who are creating writings and art and films and just different different genres of fan inspired art and it becomes this this big community where you know it can you can you know start following an author become friends with them you know sort of work on your writing like i know i've i've started writing some fan fiction none of it's published and i don't know that i ever will publish it but i've i've sent it to friends and asked them like hey can you proofread this because if i do publish it i don't want i don't want to be the one of those people that's like Oh, it was uh, great, except you, you you fucked up there, there, and there. Yeah, and two, two, and two, <laughs> and four, and four. Uh, yeah. All right, so... So, you know, it, it the idea that, um, you know, she's saying serious writers use fan fiction as a learning tool, you know, so they may be trying out a different way of writing or something like that, and that way, you know, there's not as big of a uh, of an impact if they're trying out something new, then you know if if they were posting something that they might be getting paid for like it's it's a testing tool almost okay. um and then for people who maybe aren't um maybe aren't as as serious a writer it's just something fun that they can do where they can end up connecting with people who are like minded and then maybe it spawns something else down the line um, the other thing she's saying is that um, it's it's a good place for people who maybe are ambitious, want to try writing fan fiction that maybe never would have considered it. It gives them this this sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for, like a way for them to to try and express themselves creatively. Maybe they've never thought themselves creative, but it gives them that outlet. Uh, okay, so what it sounds like it sounds like the article is kind of saying like, look. You may bust on fan fiction, but there's a deeper meaning because there's mm-hmm. certain people out there who kind of use this to kind of help. Number one, if you're just writing a story and you're not a really a, um, if, you're, if it's your first time writing, mm-hmm. you take a subject matter. Like again, I was having this conversation with a friend on Facebook. You kind of write what you know. Mm-hmm. If you know Kirk and Spock, you write a you write a story about yeah. Kirk and Spock. And kind of throw it out into the wind to see what kind of like to kind of exercise that creative muscle because maybe you've always wanted a job mm-hmm. in in uh, maybe you have a book in you you just don't know what it is yeah yet. and you kind of want to see if people can will like at least like your writing style yeah because and you could, I know when I was mm-hmm. in high school I had a lot of problems with creative writing classes mm-hmm. because my teachers didn't like the way I wrote mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why I have a problem writing anything mm-hmm. because. They didn't like that I injected humor or sarcasm mm-hmm. or it was hard for them to translate what I was saying into my sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff I got was failed mm-hmm. because they were like, this is all wrong. I'm yeah. like, how can you how can you as a teacher tell me my writing is wrong? If my sentence structure, if a theme mm-hmm. comes across just because it's not your bag 
you shouldn't be failing me for it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like I had a lot of... I mean, of if, it, if it was an issue of spelling, grammar, like that kind of stuff... Yeah. If I was fucking up sentence structure, I completely understand yeah. that. And then when I got into college and I was in an English class in college and we had to start writing reports, I was like, I flat out told my teacher, I'm scared to write any mm-hmm. report because of my high school years. And he was like, this is not high school. Yeah. This is college. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, okay, it was community college, but it still counts. Yeah. You know? yeah. He's like, it's still a writing class. And if you want to, you know, whatever you write, I am not going to judge you other than the fact that if I ask you to do an idea and an idea, however you, as long as that idea that I tell you is on paper is translatable mm-hmm. and apparent and done in a proper structural routine, you're not going to have a problem. You know, and, and I wound up actually ace in the class. Right. Because he was actually, he made me feel good about like trying something different by being a little bit more like throwing sarcasm in there, knowing like where that sarcasm is. Because I guess that maybe it's the difference between a college professor and a history teacher. I mean, an, mm. an English teacher, mm. yeah. or maybe again, me being a class clown. I, I wouldn't say my English teachers and I, or most of my teachers and I, got really saw eye to eye in the first place. Yeah. So God forbid if I ever did anything stellar, they weren't going to pat me on the back because. Two minutes later, I'm disrupting the class with a joke or something. Right. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I could be completely just lashing out on my own going, the teachers put me down, man. <laughs> I could have been somebody. But I think it's, you know, to your point, like, it's a good way to, you know, like, let's say hypothetically, you know, you were in high school. If I was your teacher, I'd be like, you know what, try something with characters that you know. You know, if you, right. if you know Kirk and Spock, you can very easily pull something out based on Kirk and Spock and it comes out, it can come out well. One thing that I've, I've kind of found with my friends who write fan fiction, even people who I don't necessarily know who write fan fiction, but I come across on Instagram or something like that is some people are very, have a very tough time taking constructive criticism with their fan fiction. And now that's not to, some people are just flat out fucking vicious and they're assholes for the sake of my creative process, man. I am an artiste, but they're, they're, they're overly picky. Like they'll just say it sucks. Right. It's like, okay, well, why does it suck? You know, like I, I spent five years in art school. Okay. So five years paying tuition to get critiqued every fucking day of my life. Walking and going, this sucks without any kind of constructive criticism. Exactly. Like, tell me why is, why does it suck? Is it my spelling? Is it my grammar? Is there a plot hole you could drive a Mack truck through? Like, right. What is it? Where can I improve? That's what I want to know. Help me be a better writer. If you say it sucks, what kind why? of what number one what kind of advice can you give me to be a better one mm-hmm. or what do you think i did wrong i may not necessarily agree with you because just because you say it sucks yeah this person says oh my god i thought i fucking loved it yeah and i mean one guy could be a mac truck driver and the other one could be a, a english lit professor mm-hmm. of oxford university and if they're the one that goes you know what it's actually pretty good you're gonna take their word over yeah. some mac truck driver going yeah i think it sucks there should be more titties in it I mean, uh, I can give you a perfect example from my own life. So, you know, I graduated from art school. Um, Before I graduated, we had to do a senior thesis show. It was 10. um, I did 10 larger than life nude self portraits of myself. And the whole the whole theme of it was to reclaim my body image because, you know, for my whole life, I've been told that I was fat. That was too short. I was this. I was that blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so, you know, my senior thesis was about reclaiming my self-esteem and my self-image 
And everybody said, you know, that it was really brave of you to, to put these prints up. You know, they look great, blah, blah, blah. One person. And we, we had these books that we would put out at our shows right, that kinda, you could sign, right. you know, sign your name. I had people offering to buy some of the prints. It's one guy. It digs. Well, the one, the one, one person said <laughs> the model's too fat and the portraits aren't well done. And I'm like. Okay, okay they're you know, not I, portraits; they're self-portraits, okay, yeah, and but, the models me. And well, obviously, that person then missed the point. Yes. of the actual um, presentation. And the, and the thing is, it's not like I just put pictures up and just left it. Right. Like there was a whole artist statement that right. was printed you weren't out. Land on a bare screen, run, going. <laughs> like you weren't that doing was the, last week you weren't doing the constanza like yeah. you know like you, they were done i think that needs to happen that sounds awesome but yeah i gotta make that die <laughs> die look at me i'm gonna put on the y fronts too <laughs> and the glasses and ball cap right so i'm, I'm, I'm i think that that person obviously just completely... yeah no they told and that's the thing like I, you know, I'm reading through my book after the fact Uh, and, you know, people like a lot of people were like, Hey, it looks great. One part, the security guard actually came up to me when she was, she was flicking the lights to kick everybody out. And then she comes up to me. She's like, by the way, these are your portraits. Right. And I said, yeah. Like, no, I'm uh, big picture of you behind on the show. No, my face, my face wasn't in any of them. That's the thing. Um, (laughs) But she was like, I just want you to know, I think it's really brave that you, you did this. I would never be able to do that. And I, I had a well, lot of people was, was tell me. Was she a big fat person? Was <laughs> she a big fat person? Was she, she about a size <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, like the people who did give me criticism gave me constructive criticism. Right. Like, hey, you know, maybe you should have framed it a little bit differently. Or, or, like, or... Maybe you should try the light from to get a different yeah. angle. Yeah. Except that one person. And I looked at it and. You know, at that point, I had been I had been doing art and getting critiqued for about probably about eight years because I had done art all through high school and then I, you know, five years of college, so probably like eight or nine years of constructive criticism, you right. know, critiquing. And when I saw that, I was like, tore it right out of the book, tore it up, threw it out because I was like, if you, and the other thing too is they didn't sign their name. Of course not. Uh, Which to me, I'm uh, like, I mean, no, that's fucking cowardly. If yeah, you're going to tell me that my horrible. work's not well, it, good, it, it was the, tell me why and give me your name. It was the handwritten version of a troll. Exactly. You know, and I, So I just, I tore it out, threw it up, you know, and to the state, did it stick with me? Yes, it did. Well, obviously you brought but, it up. Yeah, <laughs> but I was able to very easily get over it. Well, yeah. Th- I mean, and that's and that's the thing. It, and that's, that is my, my advice to anybody who has done or is thinking of doing fan fiction like, there are always going to be trolls. Yeah, I thought I was waiting for kind of a Geekster's question of the week. Like, the article was, I didn't know it was going to be like a, you can do it! Like, <laughs> yeah. I thought well, you no, were gonna be... I, I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. But what I'm saying, like, just in my experience as somebody who has a bachelor's degree in art, who regularly gets critiqued as part of what she does, you know, it's there's safe. always going to be trolls, you know, look for the constructive criticism and just discard the rest right i mean usually like if you're in a room with peers they're going to give you constructive criticism i think like you know it's again it's the version of the internet troll yeah i think it sucks like reading 50 shades of gray i can say and as an avid reader i can go this is where i find problems with the story i don't think it's a bad story i think it'd be a lot better if it was if it was designed differently yeah like Mm -hmm. it just kind of it feels like it definitely reads like a like a like a thief, like a like a 
a graduating like okay i took a year of creative writing and this is my final product yeah this book one mm-hmm. and someone went all right you know what it's not bad but you know and you'll get up like a, here's a c like a c, you pass yeah right. it's not like but because it's your graduating paper I, i'm not gonna i'll give you my pointers but you're now moving on to whatever mm-hmm. so you might not even design it i mean like I could never get into fan fiction. I just, I just, yeah, just something there. I don't know why. Would you ever write fan fiction? No, normally I don't have high school ruined it for you. I mean, well, there is that. I'm gonna be honest. There is that. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not like. There's not like a, a creative person in me that's to come out. So I would say it's like my creativity comes out here on the air. Yeah. Like I don't need to write it down to kind of. I guess because there's that part of me that I don't really give a shit what people think. Mm-hmm. So I'm more willing to say it and then let it out there into the into the ether. Okay, so along those lines, let's say you had the opportunity to maybe perform in like a fan a fan written play, you know, something something like um Star Wars Shakespeare. I would do it, sure. I, I okay, I yeah, because again, it comes to me my my creativity personally comes from the performance. Mm-hmm. Like the act of entertaining somebody else yeah. with my antics, with my words, with my, you know, I just, I don't know if I have the capability of writing it all down in it. Cause like when I try to write in you guys, it may look like a paragraph. I can guarantee you that paragraph takes me a half hour to write because I read it over. I read it as the, yeah. you, you know, not to critique you, but <laughs> pay attention I'm pay- as I write it. I'm reading at the same time yeah. and I'm checking for sentence structure. I'm checking to make sure my point comes across because of the fact that having been slammed so much in high school, I have to make sure that we've all got an email where I don't know how to take that or a text message going, mm-hmm. fuck it. Is this person pissed at me? Because, yeah. you know, so I try to kind of structure like after I get done, I reread it and then I go, you know what? Let me change that here. I'm constantly re-editing my stuff until a point where I can go, I think I made my point. I think I made it as clear as I possibly can. I also think made sure that I, I made sure that I clarified stuff that could be somewhat questionable mm. about where my viewpoint's coming from. So it doesn't get construed as, Oh, Sean's fucking bitching about something. Right. No, like I kind of give my whys, you right. know? Mm-hmm. So that way I, I, I try to be safe about it. So no one kind of goes, Ooh, I, I, so there is no, Lack of interpretation. Okay. Because I'm a very literal person. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why as a okay, writer. Hmm? Is that okay, Drax? Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, I think <laughs> that part of me is, over my head. I don't know if I could come across on paper the way I could come across on in person. Right. Like if I say something, you can actually ask me, what do you mean by that? And I can clarify it. If I write it down and you don't get it, there's no way of actually being able to come back at me and say, I don't get it, especially if I have it in a book. Mm-hmm. So that's where I, I don't think I have the ability to do that or like a script or something. I mean, with mm-hmm. a script, it'd be easier because I can go, well, this is what I was like, if I was directing, writing and directing, mm-hmm. it'd probably be easier. But I got no problem standing on a stage, making an ass out of myself. I'm doing it in this room right now. It's just not a bunch of people staring at me. Okay, mm-hmm. so let me ask you this then. So <coughs> say fan art. Like, you know, sites like DeviantArt or, um, okay. you know, how do you feel about fan-created art? I'm, I'm a fan because, to me, fan art, okay, fan art is just, a, like, is an expression. Like, if I like Batman, 
mm-hmm. and I have an artistic ability <clears throat> to draw Batman, I'm going to draw Batman. If someone likes it, great. If, if no one likes it, it's, it's something for me that I do for my own personal mm-hmm. gratification. I'm not looking for, like, a, you know, any kind of, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but if people like it enough and I get complimented on it, I, I, that's always appreciative. If people are going to slam it, obviously, you know, you take the good with the bad. But to me, like, to kind of encapsulate it, I don't see any difference in drawing it on paper or being a cosplayer. Mm. Like, it is art- artistic. How you present your own art on your what your values are is what matters. Like, I'm not, like, that's why, like, when people say, well, I'm going to be, like, with the gender bending, like, if, instead of you don't want to be Batman, you want to be a female Batman. Mm. You know what? Go ahead, because maybe you don't, you don't, you don't, I don't have to assume that you're Batgirl. Mm-hmm. If you tell me you're Batman, you're Batman. I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's, if you connect with that character and that's how you want to present yourself to show the world how this character feels towards you, I'm all for it. It may not be my thing, but I'm not going to slam you for it because I don't know where you're coming from. Like, mm-hmm. like I've always been more associated with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's always been my boy. Like, mm-hmm. the duality of being a nerd but that moment that mask comes on it's that smart mouth you know that wise ass mm-hmm. you know and i've always liked that you know aspect because growing up it was you had to pay you have to act a certain way around certain people when you're doing certain things you have to look a certain way but the moment you walk out of that you can be as goofy as you want to be so to me as a kid like sit straight don't chew your mouth. Like, you know, like the stuff parents always give you. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're going to go to your, you you know, go into your grandmother's house, you can't move. You can't right. do this. You can't do that. So you're always like, as a kid, straight laced. And then when I could have that freedom, it was like, woohoo. So that's how I was able to, mm-hmm. that's why I associate with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Now, I wouldn't be running around blue and red tights because I don't think I could pass. I could. But I'd be, I would look like Peter Griffin in a spider outfit. Spider-Man suit. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to shoot my web at you. Ah. But I mean, if someone, like, we've seen, like, the big heavyset guy being painted green Hulk that one year. Mm. It's like, all right, chubby Hulk, whatever. It works for him. Hulk lets he, go. He's got himself, he's got more balls than I do because he is secure enough in his, in his body. body image right. to be able to do it. And if he gets razzed for it, oh, well, like. You kind of take your slings and arrows with the best of them, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't – like, I don't think if a person wants to draw their favorite character mm-hmm. or even if it's, like, in a sexual compromising position. Because as a fan of Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've seen the Joker fucking Harley. Yeah. Or Harley half naked. Those images don't do a thing for me because, mm-hmm. to me, it's it, – personally – Sometimes spoils the image. Yeah. Like, you don't have to dress Harley. You don't have to have Harley with her legs spread open, you know, bare-ass naked from the waist down, mm-hmm. for me to go, oh, I really like that picture. To me, it's it. you're not... I don't think that you kind of really encapsulate the characterization of that character. Mm-hmm. I think you're designing this and you're being explicit in your art yeah. for the sakes of being explicit. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're really capturing anything and Harley that draws you to her to want to draw her. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that answers your question, but no, it does. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I can look at it, but I wouldn't go, Oh, you know, it's, it's, you know, if it's in sexual nature, most of the time I'm usually turned off by it because yeah. I, I've never been, I, you know, I've never really been one to be visually stimulated by a, a cartoon character. Like, yeah. we, like how we had that one 
conversation in that show. <laughs> you know, depends on the depends on the character, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I mean, especially like, uh, yeah, I just can't. Like, I can admire like if someone draws Black Cat mm-hmm. and she looks sexy as hell, mm-hmm. I'll go, that looks great, and that looks sexy, and I'll have like, you know, I, I do tend to pull those kind of stuff off of the internet and mm-hmm. save them and have them like a collage yeah. as uh, my moving screensaver. Yeah. But I don't really, I don't really gravitate towards the more explicit because to me that seems like a little tacky. Now, again, that's personal opinion. As an artist, I don't know. Like some people going, well, I think it's great because it, you know, opens up a mind. You get to like, all right. To me, it's just not, I don't need that. Yeah. So, you know, what about you, Ed? Um, actually, I've written a few short stories. Uh, fan really? Fiction. Yes. The only problem I have with fan fiction is fact is, is that. Don't go to the erotic. I mean, it's just like you're just doing a fuck story. It's a, you know, you just happen to have your favorite characters as the. As it the, it as is the... kind of like a, like I'm going to say it's like um, it's. Well, I say it's, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Right, exactly. And the challenge really is to take something and make more out of it. Like uh, the one thing that I was inspired by one time was uh, our friend Dave Sipon, who's been on the show many times. He's an actor. And he's done a lot. Actor. Actor. Yes. And he's done a lot of low budget films. And one of the things was when we were kids, he did a Jack Nicholson makeup that looked spot on. I mean, he did the whole nine yards, the, the outfit and everything, and he looked great. And I always said, you know what? We should do a fan film on Batman. It was called Joker's Night Out. It's a, it's already copyrighted, folks. Two bit productions copyrighted. Right. And then so I so I wrote a bunch of stories because it was like was one of the things was like it's like, well, you're doing this acting thing, and I was getting out of music at the time, and I'm thinking, can I inspire myself to write a story? And I wrote a script and we worked it out and and you know, kind of thing. And it was just like it came down to budget to that's why I never made the movie, never finished it. You never did a short movie, right? Right, because you know, I I had some of the stuff and I wanted to do a lot of props and there was a lot of different things. It was just it was one of those movies. It's like it's a lot. It was a lot of visual gags. There were a lot of things you needed to do that, and we just didn't have the equipment or the money. And it's just like I didn't have a budget to do. And we were trying different things. Like I've I've collected things through the years to try and do it, but it just got getting pushed off further and further. And it's just you know now with Sipon, we barely see him anymore. Right. It's just harder and harder for us to do it because we see him like once a week and talk about it. Um, but the thing is, is that like, like and then I also wrote like a, a an X Men mo- uh, origin type of thing, where right. like it's like going back to medieval times, like the first mutant, like the first generations of mutation, you know, type of thing. And there was different characters that you wouldn't even see of today's X Men. It'd be just like a brand new set of X Men characters I developed. But then, of course, then I thought that was a little bit like goofy people some people read it. i've had some friends read it and they liked it and they would like to see more of it kind of thing but like i said it was non-sexual stuff it was just right you know I, it's like drawing a you know something that you were inspired by and just using that instead of using like you know shooting. i mean the only thing i would sit there like i don't know fan like i don't count dungeons and dragons characters fan fiction like when you're playing dungeons and dragons you have to kind of like create your character right and they usually want like a, a bio a biography i i wouldn't i personally wouldn't consider that fan fiction but like right. if let's say the three of us were playing dungeons and dragons we came up with three characters and then we said you know what let's write a story around it then i would consider it fan fiction because it's from right okay it's based from that it's that art for art it's art it's art begetting art yeah. yes oh what a phrase yeah see now for me like if i have no problem with erotica being in the fan fiction but for me i want it to sort of move the story along i don't want it to be Sex for sex sake. Right. Because, I mean, at that point, it, it 
I mean, like you said, a- it it doesn't really do much for me. Like I I need it. I need it in context. Right. You don't need the old story of where like oh Kirk is. You know, we'll use Kirk and Spock as like a yeah. nice baseline. Kirk is wounded. Spock does the mind meld thing. And as he's being, you know, my, you, you see like a flash in Spock's head that Kirk once had like a homoerotic experience, like fascination with something. And next thing you know, Kirk's helping him with the pond far and they're making out. And then, mm-hmm. and then after, you know, Kirk nuts on Spock's face or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> and sitting there going, I have an uh, idea. <laughs> and now I'm thinking, now I know why they created it. What? what? See, yeah, okay. Hold on. Anyway, so like, after, and after that, like, you know, you're, Ugh! and then, and the story, yeah. Like, to no, me, I, like, I, yeah. and that's like, I've read, I've read some really good labyrinth fanfic, and I wish to God I still had the links. It was on my old laptop, and my laptop died, and the links went with it. I'm like, fuck. Now, but what, what was your joke there, Ed? <laughs> so now I know why the creative writers failed you. Oh, uh, why well, like <laughs> yeah. not at all. <laughs> I mean, I thought that that was a perfect description. You knew exactly what I was talking about. It didn't need any flowery words. I didn't use a simile. I didn't use a metaphor. I went, Kirk nutted on Spock's face. If you want me to add, and Kirk looks up at him with a glow, a greenish glow in his cheeks as the jizz rolls down his pointed ear. There you go. How's that? <laughs> be worried that it's green. Well, it's got, you know, what do you call it? No, not, not. Wow, see, again, <laughs> that's the problem with the creative writing, because Spock has green blood, so if he was oh! blushing, if he oh, was blushing, okay. the, the green Yeah, tent, I was thinking something. To, yeah. yeah, you uh, see? Yeah. I thought I painted that pretty well. Yeah. Like, you knew Spock has green blood, so if he blushed, his... <laughs> His yeah. cheeks were <laughs> green. Green. Not that Captain Kirk had green jizz. <laughs> be like, there's something wrong with like his diet that, there. That's something I picked up back on Centauri 3. That blue chick, me- boy. I've been meaning to get that checked out. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's space syphilis. You, uh, you, you might want to get some antibiotics. <laughs> yeah. I think I, you think I should see bones about that? I <laughs> <laughs> think you should have seen bones before you came on my face. Thank you very much. Um, I, just one thing. So, Joe, who's the person who gave me this link, so thank you, Joe. Um, he messaged in. He said, it's a valid point to to point out that a lot of fan fiction isn't romantic or funny. It's used to resolve... Uh, choose to resolve canceled series or unresolved plot lines. Okay, I can understand that. Like, I would definitely, like, if someone, um, uh, being a Sopranos fan, there was an episode where um, these Russian gangsters get away from Michael mm-hmm. uh, um, in, like, um, in the south end of Jersey. They never, you never find out what happens to those guys. I thought they would kind of resolve that in the final season. Never came up. Or when the doc got raped, you know, you thought Tony was going to find the guy. That never got closed yeah. out. So, I mean, I could see someone doing that, sure. But a lot of the fan fiction I do, it's like, I, I don't know. Okay, maybe like Firefly is a good one because the canceled series didn't have a season ending. I mean, it did find a second life in comic books yeah. and in novelizations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I kind of like, I leave it to the professionals. Right. But I don't know of any other, like, you know, most of the ones, it's like, oh, this week, Gilligan fucks Ginger. 
Right. You know, or Ginger Marianne finally go at it, or you find out, you know, that Ginger came along with Thurston Howe the Third because she has a coke habit and he was supplying it. Like, you know. Well, I mean, and I read, you know, going. <laughs> again, I would have watched that Gilligan's Island for sure. <laughs> again, going back to, to Labyrinth, like, I read fan fiction where, you know, so in the original movie, she was like 16. Right. There was. um there was a fan fiction that I read where, uh, the, you know, she she left, you know, like she does in the movie, but then That's Jareth it. waits around until she's like 25. Okay, so someone, and then comes so, back. So someone wrote a sequel. Yeah, the sequel basically. that we'll never see. You know, and then, you know, and it's, it's you know, when she's an adult, you know, right. and she can actually, you know, so make So now he can slip decision. her the old goblin. <laughs> but you know what? In that one, there was no sex. I, was, was, I think that depends yeah. on how the person views the relationship. Yeah. Because you kind of figure, like, okay, maybe the Goblin King, maybe Bowie was in love with her mm-hmm. and waited around. And he was like, okay, maybe she was just too young to yeah. know what love is. Mm-hmm. And that I had to wait for her to experience life. And, that- and then I pop up going, you're 25. You're in a shitty relationship. Now come with me, my princess. Yeah. And, and then she goes, okay. <laughs> I mean, there, so, As you know, in this one. those balls in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it does his own balls. <laughs> it's actually attached to, you know, it's attached to Mick Jagger. Because you know? <laughs> it is David Bowie. I'd be worried that they could just keep going around. <laughs> Let me show you a trick I learned from hanging out with Mick Jagger. <laughs> Look at the way those balls twirl around. Now you do it. <laughs> with your tongue. So painful. <laughs> so painful. <coughs> but yeah, so I mean, the, you know. The I, truth I hurts. Ha- the truth hurts. <laughs> you know, but then I've read fan fiction where like she she stayed in the labyrinth. You know, something happened on the, I, I can't remember, but something happened on or, you know the earth side right. so she stayed you know and and she she didn't love him at first and then she comes of age she realizes she loves him blah 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 you know so i mean and it this again fan fiction you find out what happens when the wookiee wins uh, <laughs> and I, it, speaking of like canceled series so i decided to quickly google and see if anybody's done almost human and yeah people have there's i'm i'm looking on fanfiction.net um, I which is one of the biggest. I guarantee you, at some point, someone's fucking somebody in there. There is four pages of. Oh wait, no, there's more than four. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? It looks scroll, scroll, scroll. You know the whole sex. Bot. Six pages. There's six pages of of just stories. Right. And then each story has a certain number of chapters. The interesting thing. So this this article that was sent to me. It does also mention that there are some um, some authors who you're not like at least on fanfiction.net that you're not allowed to post fanfiction about like Anne Rice. There, you're you're on fanfiction.net. You're not allowed to post any Anne Rice fanfiction. Wait, Anne Rice. Anne Rice is the person who wrote the of uh, interview with a vampire. Yeah, but um, I mean, so her they're saying... particularly or her characters. Well, uh, probably her, probably her characters. I would, I would, guess I would her think character. that like okay. certain. I mean, okay, well, let's face it. As if I was, oh, it's it's the writers themselves. Sorry, some oh, writers, so including Rice. Vampire well, Chronicles author Anne Rice, have forbidden the posting of fan fiction based upon their work. Okay, um, yeah, so and she then, said, "Hey guys, look, I yeah. kind of handle all the eroticism in my own thing, so I don't really need your help. Thanks a lot." Yeah, but her son is just starting his. He's 
Because she wrote some erotic stuff too, like that East of Eden book. And the, the um, East of Eden, Belinda, and um, right. and now her uh, son, the Sleeping Beauty trilogy. Yeah, her son's now getting involved in the erotic um, novelizations. Mm. So it's not like, I mean, she kind of looks like, look, we got her outlet. I don't think like, I appreciate the the fan love, but yeah. I got it covered. I mean, I could kind of like, if I was a famous writer. I, I would probably be a little kind of creeped out by, you know, it's, it's could be considered borderline stalkerish in a way. Like you're taking my property and you're manipulating it to a pro where the, I don't, I, as the sole owner of that character, which did not give you the okay to write about. Right. Well, and it, this, this article calls it socially accepted plagiarism. Right. You know, and I mean, and a lot of the fan fictions that I've, I have read and that I do read well, sure. at the beginning. It always says these characters are not mine. They're based upon right. somebody else's you work. You see that in a, in a fan film, you know, movie that these, these characters are not owned by me. They're owned by DC. And that to me is like a real thinly veiled kind of get out of jail free card. Yeah. It's like, I'm totally ripping you guys off to create my own story, but because I give you guys prop in the beginning, leave me alone. And I think a lot of it too comes down to the fact that, you know, people who are who are doing this fan fiction, the fan art, they're not making anything off of it. No. Or no. usually they're not right, like you're not. I mean, if you know, if I say I did a a fanfic, you know, picture of Batman and then I turned around and made prints and sold it, you know, at a convention, well, like yeah, well, then Well, I mean, well that's they have artist alley. Like, yeah. I can, you know, I mean, there I can t- tell you how many times I've bought a picture I someone's drew their version of Harley Quinn that I yeah. really like. But I know they don't have DCs okay. Yeah. Because there is some sort of creative license as far as, you know, I think the image. I mean, it's not like DC's got, like, the, the cops going through, going, oh, it's a Harley Quinn. you got to pay us yeah. legitimate rights. There was a rumor going around that Warner Brothers, was DC, was actually going to try to nail down people who got, like, the bat symbol on their shoulder mm-hmm. by saying that's a copyright logo that year four, yeah. they're, you know, we want – either some scratch from that that thing or you're not we're going to have you're going to have to get removed. I mean, I've I've done shows where in in the the contract that you signed to do, you know, I have done shows as a vendor, I should say, um where in the contract that you signed to vend at that show, it says you cannot use any like licensed products. Right. So like if if I went to Joanne Fabrics and I bought, you know, 6 6 yards of licensed fabric, I can't then turn around and, you know, if I make, say, a skirt from it, they forbid you to then resell it at that show. Now, I saw, I also saw a lot of people breaking that rule. And, I, you it's, know, it's, it's a gray, it's, it's a gray yeah. rule. Like, it's one of those things. That, I mean, if you go on it's Etsy. Like, it's like bootleg movies. Yeah. They're around. No one's, no one, everyone kind of turns No one around. really says anything. Right. I, I mean, see, see, we kind of wrap up this discussion. Yeah. Go take a break. Sounds good. So, uh, you got any final thoughts? Fan fiction, yay! <laughs> I'm fan fiction. Yeah. yeah. Well, I said as long as long as it's always to me as long as it's not erotic. I mean, it can be a little erotic. Well, it, if erotic's it's not your thing. But the thing is, is that try and create a story that you're inspired by that these characters can do in an action. Like if you're doing Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever, that they're actually you would you'd see in a uh, yeah. Don't don't be like don't be Trek. like here's a fuck scene and build a story around it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have a story that involves more than just. 
and maybe Kirk let it not on Spock. Yeah. yeah. And you know, if the sex is in there, like, like I said, from my point of view, as long as it moves the story forward, I'm totally okay with it. Right. Like if, if, you know, Kirk needs to, you know, escape from a planet and the only way it is to bang the green chick. Uh, all right. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's plot driven. Yeah. yeah. You know, but if he just kind of walks in and goes, I want to grab your tits. <laughs> I okay. want. Yeah. 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 You know, all right. We'll be right back, kids. And we're back. Yay. So, yeah. So, that was um, fan fiction. Yeah. Fan fiction hour. I find it interesting. I so did I. I mean, you know, I mean, again, from my perspective, most of it's always been, like, sex-oriented. Yeah. But I think it was Joe that made the comment about, like, sometimes they do fan fiction to kind of roll out, like, a, a non-finished storyline. Mm-hmm. It dawned on me when we took break that I'm like, you know what? I kind of don't like that even more because to me it's like, you know what, you're taking a product and that the creator had an idea in store. Right. And you making your own ending kind of feels like, you know what, it's really up to the creator of the show to determine the ending. Right. Now, it was something like Firefly, obviously, it turned into the movie and you had your kind of your kind of finale. Mm. But through comic books and no, no novels, you can still fill in the gaps. But a show like True Calling that I liked that never had a season finale that ended abruptly. Mm-hmm. I really wish they went back and finished off the story to kind of give a, a finale. I don't want to read somebody's guess right. on how they think it should have ended because I'm like, you don't know because you're not you were never involved in the process from the start. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much much of a fan you are of that show. Even if you right. watch every episode, you own every episode on DVD, and then you, you know, you read like uh, story gonna like, interviews from the creators and stuff like that. Right. You still have no idea what the direction was. You right. Know, you like, take a guess, but like if someone were to sit there and go, "Okay, you know, it's I've seen all nine years of Supernatural." Mm-hmm. So if they say, "You know, it's Supernatural's canceled, and we're not doing a finale," I could make a guess yeah. on how it would end. But it would be how I would want it to end, you right. know, like a happier ending than probably what the writers had in store because maybe they're just going, there's no way that they're ever going to have a happy ending. Well, look what they've been through. Right. The happy ending is they're both dead. Yeah. You know, like that they can live their life in peace knowing they saved the world up millions and millions of times. There's no, like, maybe that's their thing. And maybe, or maybe that's my thing. And they're going, no, after they kill off everything, there's, because they just keep going. Like it'd be like how Sam never left home. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I really wish he had that kind of real finale episode because you wanted a happy ending. But right. Sam Beckett never never came out. Never left home. He got home once, but then he went back in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you always wondered how. Pour them a drink out for Quantum Leap. <laughs> <laughs> one for me and one for my homies. <laughs> one for Ziggy. <laughs> so. um so yeah, I mean, I it was interesting. I mean, I liked it. So uh, if you thought it was interesting, if you have something to add, you can you know um, contact Ed at Ed at wordswithgeeks.com. or you can contact Sean at Sean at wordswithgeeks.com. or you can contact Erica at Erica at wordswithgeeks.com. But until then, I mean, if you're not sure about it, and if you want to join the fun, like I said in part one, we're going to be starting to go live. From 6 to 9 on Aquanet, Eastern Standard Time, by the way, PM, on AquanetRadio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio and iTunes Radio. So search for Aquanet Radio on those apps. And also, go to our Facebook page, Geeksters and Like Us, if you haven't done already. Go to Twitter at, at Geeksters and follow us there. Or go to Instagram and follow us at, at Geeksters Radio. Or if you're like, if you're listening to this podcast, you either went to 
wordswithgeeks.com, iTunes, or you clicked on the About link in our Facebook page and saw wherever you're getting at. So wherever you're, wherever you're listening to us, please drop us a note and let us know so we can at least kind of know, hey. know where our core audience is coming from. There you go. All right. So until next week, well, until part three, actually, we'll see you later. Terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away. Help.